0: Welcome to the show. Feeling good with Duddy. That's me. Let's go.
2: Oh, hello. We are back. Episode fifty-seven of Feeling Good with Duddy. We're in the bunker. We have some friends with us today. We've got an amazing show. We've got the boys from Long Beach Dub All Stars. We've got all your favorite segments coming up. Let's just get right to it. Here's the man.
0: Duddy B! What's happening? That's right. We are back with another episode of Feeling Good with Duddy. We are here in the bunker with our good friends Opie and Marshall from Long Beach Dub All-Stars and we are very excited to get into this episode but uh first off little dh news
2: yeah let's get into and you didn't have to you didn't even give it like there's nothing to say anymore right you don't have to cleanse that, right? yourself no, you don't I have didn't to swim drive through the
0: the pool. here in the air but, uh, oh, that guy. Yeah, i didn't have you- to get in my airtight bubble car drive through the wasteland past the tumbleweeds i didn't have to get past any drifters i didn't nope. have to move the boulder to climb down the hundred foot ladder i didn't have to cavity check myself but i did. You did and then i jumped into the pool of pure oh i didn't jump in the pool of pure it's empty i didn't have to walk through the total recall uh scanner and and I didn't have to put a thermometer in my mouth, and I didn't have to hold my breath for 30 seconds.
2: We're saying that we think that the Corona thing might be done, or the COVID, whatever you call. I think we've <laughs> moved on. We just showed up to the bunker like it was any other day, and you're right. Here we are. It is a Dirty Heads week, so you guys are going to be doing your third live stream, um, uh, "Phantoms of Summer." So you guys are going to be busy this week.
0: Busy week, pretty much. Uh, today, doing you know the podcasting here, and then every other day this week, we'll be here with the Dirty Heads. Rehearsing and getting ready for Friday. We're super excited about it uh, Yeah, the the last two we've done have been a lot of fun and, and the fans have seemed to really enjoy it So we are stoked on this third one and we've got a couple surprises on this one, too So
2: well, and what I love that is dirty days, right? You're gonna do another dirty days leading up to this week
0: Yeah, I Or think- you already have
2: What's going on?
0: We've already recorded it, and I believe actually when you're listening to this episode, it'll already be out. So yeah, we'll have another episode of Dirty Days uh, leading up to Friday's Phantom of Summer.
2: Yeah. Bam. But let's just get right into it because, you know... The guys we got with us here today have been in this scene since the culmination of this whole thing in our whole area. Basically, this whole reggae rock scene really was birthed with, with these dudes. Yes, we have Opie Ortiz. We have Marshall Goodman. Um, from dude, they played with Sublime. They're in Long Beach Dub All Stars. Everybody, everybody knows them. Welcome to the show, dudes. What's up? Yeah. What's
1: up? Thank you for having <clears throat> us. For having yes. Us for sure
2: welcome down into the bunker you guys didn't have to swim we were making people swim through L, you know over the last couple weeks or months to get in here you know the whole COVID thing
1: can't take any chances
2: you really heard, can't you
3: know i was missing that because i'm a very insecure person and any security will help me and I was looking forward to the Purell. We actually shook hands. I was extremely nervous about that. <laughs> but I got past it. You don't have any hand sanitizer here. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm kind of nervous. So I got this beer. Everything is cool. Now.
2: Oh, man. Yeah. We can actually hook you we up. Right. Got we got kind of felt weird stuff. about that. We haven't had guests a lot lately just because of what's going on. But we're like, we're just going to have was... these dudes come in. I mean, whatever. And we did. We shook hands. It was the first time that I, I was like, that. did we I just? Haven't...
0: That was the first time, honestly, that we had guests since all this that I just walked up and was like. And shook their hand. Huh?
3: You know, and, and it did feel weird. You helped me get over that hurdle, and that's what I want to say. Is is honestly, this whole experience has been great. I was nervous coming in, but you guys have me feeling confident that I can move out and actually engage with people again. So I'm glad. Oh, you nice. It. Thank you. Marshall's <laughs> been just held up,
2: dude. Just oh, making music, probably, which is a good thing. But yeah. well, speaking of making music, yeah,
3: I've been sitting home and eating actually. You dude, I'm tell. with you. More like everybody. everybody, for sure.
1: I've been sitting home pretending I'm a bartender. Oh, have you just <laughs> them? Mixing extravagant drinks, like thinking maybe I could have a bar one day. Have just, <laughs> right? just my drinks that I make, you know.
0: You're like
2: you're nice. right next door to the tattoo shop. Just that would be actually kind of sweet. Yeah, it's kind that of. Be. can't be in the same building, kind of I legal, assume. Though.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> right next door. <laughs> uh, what's the what's your favorite drink you've made so far?
1: Uh, well, I'm normally I drink beer, but um, I've gotten into whiskey a little bit, and my new thing is. Uh, Posada tequila Oh okay So I've been making like Margaritas with agave And handshaking And so
0: Nice Nice
1: Lime juice Making
2: yourself a better A better man During this coronal time dude I I
1: just have one or two It's like Before dinner But Drink less But you're learning To make new things Yeah Hell
3: yeah 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 my drink of choice Is is, uh, Bud Light
1: And
0: (laughs) (laughs)
3: When I feel When I feel like Switching it up And getting a little sexy I, I put it in a
0: cup Whoa, damn. damn, so I'm a Coors Light guy. What's that mean? I don't know if we should be sitting next to That's each That's kind other. of weird, right? Yeah, right we next to each other, too. Yeah. Isn't there some type of big rivalry? I'm but supposed
3: th- to make fun of that little blue thing that happens on the can. And I mean, you guy? can't
0: yeah. make fun of it because it's awesome. But, <laughs> yeah, look, he, he knows <laughs> that his beer is ready. Well, we used yeah, okay. to yeah, have yeah, a thing. Yeah, yeah. We called it the shelf.
1: And it's like when it's summertime and it's hot, it really doesn't matter what kind of beer it is. It's if, if it's in a big schooner that's has ice all melted yeah. around oh, it yeah. and all that and it I mean yeah. Don't I was yeah. I drank like some Bud Lights one time and my wife was like, what's wrong? What are you what are you doing? Like, you okay? Uh, and I showed her the schooner and it had like a shelf of ice on top. She's like it's great. And I'm like, look at this.
0: <laughs> this is great. Yeah, I mean, look at I love court I like coarse light. But if you hand me an ice cold Bud Light, I'm gonna drink the fuck out of it.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I'm with you.
3: I was gonna say, the only reason I grab Bud Light is because the silver gets lost in all the other beers. The blue sticks out, so you just grab what's in front of you. you, Honestly, for me, I'm a budget guy, so whatever's cheapest. And uh, talk to Coors Light about coming below. Bud Light, and I'll buy it more.
1: Damn.
0: All right. Yeah, so I mean,
2: get a more vibrant packaging at the very least.
1: Do you something. think that's why yeah. they
0: added the Mountains Getting Blue? They
1: knew. They knew. They knew. They're like, very we got to spice it up. They yeah. need to make it like yellow and red. <laughs> something. Yeah.
0: Something. It's time. Yeah, but then you can't call it, call it the Silver Bullet. Yeah, that's true. I mean, look
3: at you guys' beer. I mean, this is wonderful, and it tastes great, by the way. You guys, oh, I may have gotten the you. last one, and I'm very excited to drink this beer. But yeah, the, look at it.
1: It's all Marshall's colorful. got. The
2: vacation beer, the Dirty Heads beer from uh, Four Sons Brewery. That's right. There was one left in the fridge, and he got it. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, we yeah got they got more. four sons. Duddy and Opie four on the course is, is
0: not far from the bunker, and they are more than willing to reload our fridge. Oh, yeah. Whenever good. we ask.
2: The beer I grabbed out of the fridge, it was the only one left. It looks like the beer that you'll see like on Simpsons when it just says beer. beer. This says daily drinking beer. I like that. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's I like beer. that, too. It's the so D-D-D-B. simple. Yeah. Yeah. Harkens back to a simpler time.
1: Look at that. We won't just, even mention what I'm drinking over here. Pull up to yeah. the bar. I have a beer.
0: Duddy
3: team. Oh. Oh, yeah. it's two yep, against one, okay. let's be honest.
0: It is. Uh, <laughs> well, I,
1: I like the the regular banquet. Ooh, the banquet yeah.
0: That's uh, my go-to when I'm fishing. Give me that it's banquet like, beer.
1: It, and plus, if you get it in the bottle, it's like extra extravagant. Yeah. You know, super banquet. Yeah,
0: that's when, it's when you're trying to be classy.
3: Those are the cans that you always find when you're at a, at a lake or river somewhere, mm-hmm. and you're just kind of hanging out, and then a, a Coors Light can comes rolling past you. Right,
2: someone fell what? asleep Dude. floating down the river. You don't like really shit. ever see. Want to hear a funny so. story? Yeah, that's true. A
1: funny story, real quick, please. Oh hell yeah! So we welcome were, we on the We pull up to the the reggae on the river this this last summer tour, and we're all stoked. And we pull up, and we're with the Agar Lights, and we're just kind of just touring, and we're at this beautiful spot. We knew we were going to be able to go in the river and go swimming and everything. We had been kind of getting it, like those. We we're having fun, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember it was me, Moys from Tomorrow's Bad Seeds. And Ed, our bass player, and I think our uh, merch guy, and we're like, oh, let's go down there. Let's go down to the water. So I remember I grabbed a couple beers and a joint, you know, spliff or whatever. Go down there, and uh, I remember Ed was like, kind of like, sorry, Ed, I have to expose you. <laughs> Ed was like, man, I'm, you know, I, I'm not feeling good. I'm just gonna keep. It, I'm just gonna keep it mellow, right? So we're like, okay, cool, you know, no worries. You just, this water is gonna make you feel great, you know, ice cold water. Down the river, and uh, so he goes up a little bit ahead of me, and he's like doing his thing, and we're trying to float on these raw joints, those big old blow-up raw joints oh, that yeah, we've yeah. like the huge <laughs> one. We're, we're trying to float on it, and it's, it just wasn't working. Just Shout out to Raw, but uh, <laughs> so Ed's up there floating in the river, and he's just contemplating how he's gonna chill, you know. And all of a sudden, a beer smacks him in the head, floating down the river. I remember that, yeah. And it goes, "No, you won't." Be keeping it chill because I'm an ice cold beer, and you got to drink me. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah, it was it. just like, like an oh, was unopened, it? just Un- yeah, someone
3: just, just hit him of? in the head. Oh man, that's what made me think about what I said. What kind of beer was
1: it? Yeah, it was a
0: course, and it was just a and it was just a rando floaty beer. Yeah, rando, he's like I'm not getting someone dropped today. it, you know,
1: like up the river. You oh, know? oh. And the funny thing was he was like, he was saying he was going to keep it chill. And then God was like, no, you know, you're you're going to jam today.
2: (laughs) That should be a beer commercial. Someone's at the
0: lake just, I don't know what I'm interested in. Class.
1: All right. Let's
2: Let's get the party going. We're going to throw it out here. We're going to make that a
0: rule. If you're standing in a river and a random ice cold beer hits you unopened, floating down, you have have to drink that. You have to.
3: That may be a sentiment of like a core's link with some divine thing. Like I'm just thinking about this And you know I give credit
2: Well he's putting cool. his own Conspiracy theory together Over here there. Well There's me and Ed there. Were like <laughs> Me and Ed there. were like
1: We kind of like stopped And I was like He's like look at it It looks old <laughs> right. It I'm looks like, old i like, like, remember How long's it, it been drink traveling it, drink it, drink Check
3: it. out Ed's Instagram He probably t- I know he took Get, a picture Give, and give, sent give it to the Instagram handle Put him, him on full give blast Give a look It'll probably be up there I think he took a picture of that
2: We'll post that Yeah We'll Tag
0: Ed down below Big up Ed Big up Ed
2: And Ed drank the beer, right? Just to (laughs) fucking, just, let's seal the deal on that. He drank, yeah, he did, of course. Something
0: tells me after he drank the beer, he probably felt much better.
2: Oh, guaranteed. Well, dude, let's talk about you guys. So you're back, you have a new album out. What's going on? Tell us what's up with Long Beach Dub All-Stars. And then we'll get back into kind of the history and and everything. But firstly, what's, what's immediately up with you guys?
1: We're really stoked to, you know, have some music for everyone to listen to, something that we put, you know, our hearts and soul into. And, um it wasn't to like it wasn't any kind of vendetta or anything like that it was just like to make some art and to be like hey we're back you know like we want to we want people to hear our songs you know it was like breath of fresh air for us to get in the studio do this and make something happen and we were just kind of working really hard you know like we have kids we have all this other stuff going on jobs and everything but we worked really hard to like just nail it and try to get it, get it done as quick as we could and we're pretty stoked on it i'm i'm very stoked on it it's like some of the songs i hold dear to my heart you know and um some of them are just great you know vibe songs i feel
2: they're all perfect summer songs. They have the Long Beach feeling and that there's like the, the horns, like the saxophone and stuff, which was kind of unique Sexy. to you guys, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty unique to you guys with using it that much in reggae with your first two albums with the Long Beach dub. And then... um how good does it feel to like have a band again? Did, did you have any bands in between Long Beach Dub and this one? Or did you Marshall as well? Or did it just feel amazing we, to we have were all a band working,
1: again? We were all working on different projects. I was working with my brother, Filiano on some of his hip hop stuff. Mm-hmm. Marshall was doing like different production projects with multiple bands. Um, and all the other players are all basically in other bands. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, it's like, to get everyone together, to get everyone fired up and everything, it was it was kind of like hard. But once we were together, it was like things were things were just happening. Spelt right? Yeah, yeah, things were just happening. Really. Well, I know everyone sure
0: uh, was super excited when they heard that you guys were coming out with a new album. You know, just online when I was just seeing what people were saying, and everyone was super excited about it as, as well as I was. And I've got to listen to the whole thing, and I think it's awesome. It, it definitely gives me that Long Beach vibe that uh, that you guys have always had, and. If you are, if you do pick up the album, if you want to listen, they have a, their single Youth is an amazing track. But I think my personal favorite on it is a song called Easy. And it's featuring a guy, uh, Tippa Lee. Tippa Lee. Tippa Lee. Yeah, it's a great track, man. You guys got to check out the album. And it is self-titled, right? Yeah, self-titled. Self-titled Long, Long Beach Dub All-Stars.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think the last Long Beach Dub All-Stars to this, there were a few projects. There was Dubcat. We actually came back. Under the moniker LBDA, not Long Beach Dub All Stars, but LBDA. That's what we were booked as, and uh, Miguel was involved with that. We had a you know similar lineup to now, and then um, that kind of dispersed, disbanded. It was like a little project thing that we did, smaller venues, and then Kevin Zinger approached us to play a side stage at the Blazing Glory Festival to celebrate the 25th anniversary of his company SRH, and. He called me up and he's like, Would you be down to put the band back together? I was like, What band? He's like, The Long Beach of All Stars. And I was like, you know what? That's a good idea. So we decided to use the name spelled out. Mm-hmm. And I said, if we're gonna do this, we gotta go big. And and what I wanna do is get Opie and Eric involved because us two, us three, went to junior high school together and you know, bring these guys back in. We started with them, I wanna work with them again now. So that was the condition, it was met. Um, Kevin actually reached out to cheese and cheese said, you know, Eric's cool. He wants to do it. So we started going forward, but then there was a scheduling conflict. Um, Kevin let us know that cheese, let him know Mm -hmm. that Eric was booked for Japan or something for the blazing glory festival. So Eric was out. So we brought Ed back in and he was part of LBDA and all that. So that was it. I mean, that was the culmination of the new rendition of the long Beach of all stars. And, uh, so we're glad that,
2: Kevin Singer called you guys yeah, then, huh? Because exactly. he put the band back. He
3: was the catalyst. And then um, we just decided to use, you know, in LBDA, we were doing some recordings. We got in the studio, we were playing around with things, just kind of staying active as musicians. Mm-hmm. And so we used a lot of those ideas. We had uh, a lot of tracks from Aaron Owens on guitar. Him and Michael used to do sessions together. So Michael is the quintessential, like, cataloger, he'll have people just come in and play stuff. He took a bunch of my beats. He, you know, just a lot of st- he just takes stuff and has it. So he had Aaron and Owens. Tell come everyone in. who
2: Michael is too, real quick. Just
3: catch up with the listeners. Oh, Miguel. So Miguel, yeah, Miguel was part Habble. of Sublime. He's yeah, been around, Michael part Habble of Sublime, the you- Sublime camp early back in the days. He actually mm-hmm. came out here to go to school, Dominguez Hills, engineering, and then he was in the Ziggins. Yep. yep. and then was familiar with Sublime and, and actually got close to Brad because he saw a gift and they started working together. He, he recorded Job Won't Pay the Bills as a project during his Dominguez Hills major school time mm-hmm. and that's when I went in not a member of Sublime at the time and just kind of jammed because they had extra time and we, we made Live at Ease right there. That was where Live at Ease came from. It was all created right there on the spot during those sessions when Michael was going to Dominguez Hills. So that's Miguel. Yeah. So, Miguel has all this stuff cataloged, all this stuff. He had Aaron come in and play a bunch of guitar lines. So, we ended up throwing those in because because when we decided to do a record, I was like, all right, let's get some tracks thrown in the, the hat and uh, figure out what we got and sort through it. So, Ed threw in like seven tracks. Roger threw in like four tracks. Michael had these tracks from Aaron. Um, I threw in a few tracks. You know, it was just like that. So, um, Easy actually was a track from Roger, and Owen's Brothers was a track from Aaron, those Aaron sessions. And so all these different members, all these things going on, um, we decided to just hunker down and do a record. You know, let's figure it out.
2: So that, I mean, it's crazy. Not often do you have a band where actually multiple, like four or five different people are offering up the songs. Yeah. And then you kind of just pick from there which ones gel
3: or whatever, which ones make the cut. Well, that was going on in the Sublime days because doing time, a lot of different songs were just submissions from me and I gave a whole bunch of tracks to Brad and he was just going through them and that's where Doing Time came from. We actually brought a lot of those tracks back. Opie asked for him. You remember that, Opie? Yeah. And You were hanging out with Miguel. We those? And uh, a lot of those tracks that I submitted to Brad for the self-titled record, we brought back to see if we can get anything mm-hmm. going. And um, they recorded, it might be on somebody's Instagram Or you and Michael recorded a video listening to the tracks and Opie was freestyling. It was great. I was,
1: what I was doing was... I had written something to a, a track. I think it was called '90s Jive.'
3: Yep. and I like, just named these tracks. It's an
1: old track he did. It was in the, the I think the, like it sounds like there's a four. Jive. There was exactly. a four tape that he gave to Brad, and on that beat tape was a couple track, a Yusef Lateef track. I think the '90s Jive, the Summertime one, mm-hmm. and another one. And um,
3: You know why it was called 90s Jive? It's actually called Jive 90. Yeah. And the song <laughs> in the title of the song that I sampled it from was Jive. So somewhere in the song title was Jive. Oh, okay. And then the tempo was 90.
0: That's
1: why it was called Jive 90. There you so go. So that, that's the track that I, I was listening <laughs> to. I love, love to. finding out. Sorry to cut you yep. off. I always love finding out <clears throat> why
0: songs are named the what they are. And but the, never what you think. The no. crazy
1: part is that me, Brad... Miguel, and I think my homie Jameson and my little brother might have been there, but we were all like, they came to get me one day, they were like, hey, come on, let's, they were all amped, they were like, hey, come on, let's go, you know, we're gonna go to the studio, and I'm like, what? Okay, so we went, they had those tracks Mm -hmm. looped up on the reel-to-reel, they had beers, they had other tracks, you know, and they were like, let's vibe out. So me, Jameson, and brad were all spitting lyrics to all those those four or five tracks and i don't know if that's when you know brad came up they came up with the cadence or whatever he was doing Mm -hmm. but on that 90s job miguel has all the tracks but we i went there that day because i had written something on that beat to see if there was like any parts of brad's things that he was doing we could maybe manipulate and put into into the the track of the Mm -hmm. one that i was writing And we listened for a minute for a minute and and Brad wasn't really Brad was just kind of like warming up. Yeah. He was doing like this Wesley Willis thing. Mm -hmm. He was like, He was like, bump my head, bump my head, say rah. You know, he was just he was just doing his thing, you know. And there was like little parts where he was like flipping little like uh jazzy scat kind of like things. Mm -hmm. And that's what I posted, and people were going crazy. But like to me it wasn't anything that I mean you could sit there and cut it all up and everything but then it's not really real to the to the to the ear you know to me yeah so that's what i was just i was over there that
2: though you guys get to there's there's probably so many just old bradley tracks that are laying around of him just whatever making sounds that nobody will ever hear but you guys get to sift through them
3: sometimes and find the cataloger he's got got all kinds of stuff i have some stuff too some outtakes and whatnot
1: some of it was featured on um Toko album Toko Tossie did a song um, I can't rem- really fuck, I can't remember the name it's on the Spiritual Life album and there's a sample of Brad on there
2: Tossi was great I, yeah. when I was a kid, I would uh, my band would surround sound, we would be recording at Miguel's house and Tossy mm. would always come through. Mm. I was young, I was scared to, to shit of him because he would just fucking intimidate the hell out of me. And, he and then he'd always up, be joke Oh, he'd mad dog, oh, he mad dog he would, like, ah. and then he would make me feel so great when oh, he, so yeah. he knew exactly. that he could fuck yeah. with me. So I'd be like, Oh
0: Tossie. Yeah, he'd come into seventeenth Street guy. we were guy. recording a bunch when I was over there with Lou at 17th Street, and yeah, dude, he he just had such a rad voice. His his oh, the, sweet his voice and Sean
1: he did a song with my brother rise and shine and then he did uh his last album is actually i i i regretted that i didn't listen to it before because i was actually writing all this material and i didn't want to clog my i was like just on this thing where i was just like you know blinders on like just in my listening to these tracks and i felt like if i listened to anything it was gonna you know but after he had passed man i couldn't stop listening to his that that album and then the spiritual life album because i had actually helped with the album art and stuff like Mm -hmm. that and i was actually there when they were doing some of the work but um yeah man his talent was just so like he was so like not the normal like patterns of singing Mm -hmm. he was just so different you know Mm -hmm.
2: yeah and then these are a lot of like you know daddy and i grew up in huntington beach which is right next to long beach and we completely loved sublime you know so we were in, in we were the young kids coming coming up in the scene and we were surrounded with this and the these are all lo- like local long beach artists toko Tossi. and obviously you guys know sublime you know long beach dub all-stars but that's why i love this conversation i know we're all just talking like we're friends some of our listeners might not know most of our listeners are dirty head fans so they probably know what's up with long beach sound i'm sure but it's kind of rad to reminisce on this super micro community which is like Long Beach and Orange you know county like fucking reggae scene with all these like little legends that we all know like Tossy mm-hmm. And um, you know, you mentioned the Ziggins and even Miguel. It's like, we all know Miguel. Miguel was there for the first recordings of Sublime and he's still in the scene now. But So I hope everyone who's listening, if you don't know the names that we're like throwing out, these are the people that have been behind the scenes in all your favorite reggae rock music since what? I don't know, what, mid-90s, early 90s? When?
0: Mid, yeah, mid-90s mid 90s and the mid all the way 90s, up till yeah. right yeah. now. Because Long yeah. Beach
2: Dub is still releasing shit. Mm-hmm. Dirty Heads is still releasing stuff. And, and we all came from what you guys kind of started in yeah. Long Beach. Yeah. Yeah, Everyone like you're, did. Everyone came like, from that. Shout
1: out to my little brother Filiano mm-hmm. because he's been pushing his music and you know he's he's like underground hip hop and yeah. he's been doing stuff with you know he did stuff with uh, Marshall w- with Good Charlotte I believe. Mm-hmm. They did some I work. I on that track. He's done sure. work with multiple different people. I did a and remix for Good Charlotte. And I've been hearing. Uh, now, uh, now he's Filiano on this thing so now where he's I just, just he's L's. doing yeah. his own thing and working you know he's working hard and we actually. Like you said, you brought up youth earlier. <clears throat> Youth—it's a crazy thing because youth—the youth song a, off you guys that's the album. Yeah. That's your guys' off. Yeah. It has a crazy way that it came to fruitation and all that, because the song was originally written, the structure by Jack, right? Mm-hmm. So the song structure was written by Jack. He—he he was busy working. He—he he works this crazy job, and um, he's like emergency. Um, Abatement. Abatement and all Project this gnarly, sh- like, yeah. like, has to do with, like, uh, damaged buildings, like, you know, going in and helping people out in their houses and stuff like that, so, and businesses. But uh, he had written this song, and it was on the table for... for it was called
3: Hold On. We used to play it live.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it had, like, a crazy horn line, and it was way more mm-hmm. up-tempo, kind of, like it seemed to me, and it was, like, guitar and horn line driven. And uh, I thought it was going to be a great song, so here I am trying to finish up all the stuff that I had written and everything and then we were like there I think the last day of like uh, recording Mm -hmm. and Jack was like I'm not feeling it you know and we're just kind of like what you know like we weren't mad or anything we were just like oh okay you know like but then Cameron Cameron Webb who were recording he was just like well you got your homework you know he was like telling me Devin and uh, Ed he kind of really took me to the side and he was like you know listen to this track come back tomorrow and finish it Mm -hmm. and i'm just going like you know in my mind i'm just going like yeah right like that's not something i do you know like but then i don't know i kind of just let it be went home and then the next morning i'm driving there playing the track and i remembered you know i was talking about my my brother filiano he had this one burst that it it stuck with me for years and it was that that chorus from that from youth Mm -hmm. and he had like I had this little v8 recorder thing like virtual recorder track with like you could just record onto a cd and all that so we would do all these recordings on there and that was one of them and uh it just stuck with me like for years and I was just like it hit me when I'm dropped. I'm pull- fits perfect. I, yeah. No, I, I didn't know. I was just like, yeah. I'm gonna just like just sing it as mm-hmm. I'm pulling into the studio, and then I was like, whoa, it fits perfect. Yep. And then I went in and they were like, what do you got? And I was like, I don't know. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We <laughs> do it carry are Them to live life like it's World War One, yeah. and it's true no matter where you're from. Get you know. And they were just like, that sounds crazy. Perfect. Like. Mm-hmm. And then we were just like, and then we just started writing. Like we made it into a, a, a like a political statement song, yeah. mm-hmm. and but
3: kept the hold on part.
1: Kept part of the, the original what yeah. Jack had written because what we had wrote, his part fit in perfectly in in the exact context of mm-hmm. what we were saying.
2: Right, it all made sense anyway. Yeah.
1: It, it, was, it, it made was perfect it's like sense. A
3: pre-chorus that Jack's part. They kept the pre-chorus, which was during this chord change, and then going back to the main is where the youth part where the in, part that he says yeah, what you great. need is
1: Something someone to hold on, on to yeah. what you need is someone who cares you it's true the youth carry gun you yeah know. and they, that's the like perfect. for
2: people that are writing songs too it's like what one of the best places you can be is driving when you're thinking about, oh, yeah. you, you know, yeah. there's so many distractions everywhere. Even if you're in the shower, the shower can end in three minutes or whatever. You got to get yeah. out, you know, so that when you're driving, you truly feel like there's no one else on earth kind of, you yeah. know? And, and if you, if you can somehow manage to have just the music of your song and just let that song play and just drive around, yeah. some shit will come to you. And, and I was perfect. That's I don't what think people doing.
1: realize how integral the, Car, the car is, and when you're recording and stuff like that, you have to take yourself out of the studio oh, to yeah. go into the car to listen to the CD or mm-hmm. the tape that the mix or whatever. Car check. These guys would always car check. check. Yeah, <laughs> anyone who's recorded you, and for people who don't
2: that are listening, you know, you listen in the stu- in the studio. Usually, they have really nice speakers. Most studios will have kind of a range of speakers that they can that they can uh, click with a button and and uh, you know access, and they'll have like kind of shitty house speakers, medium speakers, and then brilliant, perfect mixing. Speakers. Because you want to make sure your music sounds good on all speakers. But even if it sounds good in the studio, the first yeah. thing bands do is you go outside, sit in your car, and put that shit yeah. in. And if it sounds good in the yeah. car, that's like kind of like, all right. Sit in you your car. You listen, on your, phone, you know, listen yeah, on your phone. Listen right? on your phone without headphones.
0: This uh, is crucial. Yeah. Everything's yeah. critical.
3: It's because your, your car, you know the sound of your car. Because yeah. that's where you listen to music the most. So those are your personal monitors. So if you hear it in your car, you can actually hear what's happening, as opposed to a studio set of monitors. It takes you maybe days or weeks to get accustomed to those studio monitors to know what's happening and how those speakers are responding. Because I always tell them, turn the bass up. They're like, no, that's plenty of bass. I'm like, ah, okay. But then I go into the Jeep with the, you know, Bose system. The or whatever. Jeep. Yeah. And this was back in the Sublime days. And, always. Uh, or Long Beach Dub days. Yeah. And then you play it in there, and then the bass is responding like I'm used to it. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's plenty of bass, so I don't tell them to turn the bass up anymore. So the car is the gauge. And then, of course, here's here's the structure that you can follow. Do your CD in the car. Make sure it sounds good in the car. Turn it off when you're going home. Just be done because you've done a whole day of studio. Just turn it off. Don't even listen to music. Let your ears rest. Go to sleep. Wake up. Listen the next day in the car. Go to the store or whatever. And then take it out. Maybe play it on your phone. Play it all kind of different places to get a reference. Because, you know, the phone is important. Because a lot of people are going to be listening through the speaker or earbuds. That's how most people are going to be listening. And that's how you got to do it these days now. But... Do that. Take a day off. Like you gotta you gotta not listen to it going home after yep. right the studio. You will fry yourself listening to your own shit when you're in the just studio. You overcook all the time. it. Then you start yep. overthinking. Then you start finding problems that aren't there. You gotta drop it sometimes. Just let it go. Sometimes I won't listen to a song a whole day. I used to drop Opie crazy. Let he's it like, go. What's going on? Let exactly. it go. Exactly. What's going on? Why is this taking so long? And I would put a song down for like three days and just get out of it. Just go do mm-hmm. life. Just get away from this thing and then come back with fresh ears three days later and listen to it new because you've already forgotten. You're not still rolling and, and continuing. So when it gets to, like, right about critical mass, I back off it for, like, three days. You know when maybe that's a coming, week. too. Yeah. But I just don't touch it. Then I come back to hear it with freshness.
1: I, I think now, you know, like, when, no, we, when we record, it's, it's so much different from the very beginning. We would run into all these, like, weird things, and they'd be running over the same thing over and over again, and like... I never enjoyed that. They killed the vibe with me on that. <laughs> yeah, had, you can get your vibe like, crushed in the
0: studio. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm so with you. Like, when, I remember when we first started getting in the studios and stuff, and my, my least favorite day was, like, drum day. And I'd be like, oh, my God. And you'd be in there, and some of these engineers, they'd, they'd take, like, eight hours micing the drums. yeah, And just trying all these different things and no. a million different things, and it just by the time we were ready to record, I'm just like, I was fucking, I'm burnt, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and my- nowadays we're just like, fucking sounds great, move on.
3: <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, my thing is just find the sound and go with it. Totally. And it just has to be within a certain area. And to be honest, if your drums don't sound good coming in, then we need to just leave the studio alone and work on those drums. Yeah, Let's get go the drums here. to sound, yeah. Right. yeah. And so if you're sitting there with mics and preamps and all that trying to get a good drum sound, then you, you're, you're, you're wrong already. You need to go get some new drums. Start with good drums and then just mic them and roll them. Yep. Louis is really good with that, by the way. Louis, yeah. Louis Richards, 17th Street Studios, mm-hmm. very integral in the HB Surround Sound Dirty head scene. Uh, that's how I actually huge. interacted the first time with the Dirty Heads is Louis called me in to help with the sessions he was doing, this new act that he had found, the Dirty Heads. So um, you guys were working with Stan, right? We were working with
0: Stan. That's right. And I remember Stan um, was the was, Stan like bass was bass the player dr- from sh- no, no Stan no, was the drummer from Shiger- Shiger- Ray. Yeah, he great guy. He helped produce Trinky the first thinks. album. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, he helped produce the first album, and I remember that was like, uh, and we've talked about before, like that first album. That was the first time me and Jared were in like an actual studio. Yep. You know, besides our garage making music, and I remember. When um, Marshall came in, and I know, I think the first track that you worked on with us was uh, Ring the Alarm. It mm-hmm. was one of the first, like, songs we wrote, like, in a studio. Mm-hmm. And I remember when Marshall came in, we were so stoked. And we and Jerry were both just like, oh, my God, it sounded so good. It was like a- another musician, not like our friends or mm-hmm. us. And it was just like, it just took things to the next level. And I remember it really opened us up, like, holy shit, we can do some rad shit in here.
3: Yeah, and Louis is one of those practitioners. It's like... He knows if it doesn't sound good going in, it's not going to sound good coming out. So, And that doesn't mean make the mics and preamps sound better. It means make your drums sound good. And when he comes in, he'll actually just mic what you're doing. Like, this mm-hmm. is what you want. This is what I got. And that's yep. that thing. You get into these high-class studios with these guys who spent, in my opinion, no offense, spent a little too much time in school. They're going to sit there trying to tweak buttons. And this is an instrument we're doing here. This isn't buttons. So... The eight-hour session, exhausting your musicians, that's something that's important with uh, being a producer. And like Opie was saying, this, this time around, we did things a little different. We practiced outside. Mm-hmm. That's been the theory most of the time with Long Beach Dub, but you know, we fell into some bad habits. Mm-hmm. But practice before you go in. Get the songs pretty much done before you go in. Mm-hmm. And then just go in and track one day. And pretty much one day, we were done with all the instrumentation, right? That's awesome. Spent two or three days on vocals. That was it. We're done. Roll
2: in, prepared, knock it out. You you said something funny that reminded me of something that Miguel had. Because you know, Miguel recorded an HB surround sound album with us. uh, Our last album we did, Mad World, and sorry, that's not our last album. One of our albums, Mad World, that we did, Miguel, (laughs) you know, recorded the whole thing, and Mm. I'll never fucking forget because Miguel. Follows that same theory of hey let's get the drums sounding good mic them up and then you know we'll figure it out from there so all that was great we'd recorded the album we were in the mastering phase you know so we're in this room and the mastering guy is like playing our music and he's switching all these knobs and I'm just going with the flow but Miguel just kept telling the guys oh hey you're like squeezing the bass like you don't need to do that you know he's like kind of getting up in this mastering guy's guts and me and the boys are sitting there like, Oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> and then Miguel says the funniest shit I've ever heard. I laughed so fucking hard. I had to leave the room cause I felt like I was being rude, laughing this hard at this mastering guy. I'd never met. And we, I remember I go, Miguel, I'm all, hey, I'm going to chill out a little bit, dude. Like you're yelling oh. at the mastering guy. And he just goes, he's all, fuck that, dude. We got Bobby Knobs over here. Can't stop turning. <laughs> I went, oh. He called him Bobby Knobs. And I, I fell off the fucking chair and said, uh-huh. all right, do whatever you do want. What you're Miguel, you're f- and, and I walked at out. that. Oh, he's my God. He's
3: really good at setting a tone <laughs> in a session. Oh, yeah.
1: dude, he got in this guy's oh. guts. And
2: it was hilarious. And called him Bobby Knobs. You couldn't
1: get Bernie? What's that? Um, big bass? Bernie Grundman. yeah.
0: Oh, no, yeah, we've, um, used, uh, we've used big bass, Bernie.
1: I, don't, I think he's... Brian.
3: Brian big Gardner Brian. Yeah. works at Bernie Grundman. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. okay. Dude, I don't know. No, this was like, we used the mastering guy that like owned this studio that we, we used. Were, yeah. It was like a studio in Garden Grove. Yeah. We really just rented out their studio, and we had Miguel come in and produce it. It was more of a, like, we need a big drum room and shit, and I just rented out a place. Yeah. And then he trashed... It, he was right. The guy was just making all these turns and spins. And I'd mastered a few albums at that point. And I'm yeah. like, all right, I've never seen it done like this. But. He called him Bobby Knobs and got in his guts and made him <laughs> change his ways a little bit. Hey, well, yeah. hey that's, that's why like you learned. got Miguel Good. in the house. That's, that's how, how you learn. But uh let's let's dude fuck. We've been just reminiscing. Yeah. To, oh wait, so we got we have questions. Yeah, say, dude, we so got we a conspiracy some, query. Let's get into some uh I guess we have some questions. People have from, questions for you guys. Let's get up. So Another let's beer. You, Another is beer. Is there now? more beer? There's yeah. more Can beer. Yeah, there's there's the kind I have. What is that? It, Whatever. Whatever beer.
3: Whatever's left. Whatever's left, you guys are good with. I'm
2: right, good with grabbing it.
0: some
3: brewskis. Thank you. Hoppy pale ale?
0: Yeah, I don't care. I don't care either. We just Took a Dry walk hot. down. Seems like this yeah. down
2: 20, 25 years of a memory lane.
0: That was nice. Well, you know what? That's good. I think people. Are that's what be I wanted. Interested, from they're going to want to hear that story. So that's yep. that's good. Um, all right, let's go. We got some listener questions. Donna Rivard says, "Oh damn, your new album is fire. How does it feel to have a new album?" Uh, after almost 20 years. I think my favorite song today is Easy. What, what was your favorite song to record? Congrats on the album. Uh, I was able to score a pre, uh, pre-order pre bundle. Thanks, Donna. So she, I guess she's asking... Um, Basically, how does it feel to have, feel a, to have an new, album after 20 and, uh, years? And what was your favorite song to record
1: mm. on the new album? I'd have to say the whole process, but I can't say... I mean, I have to say the the beginning, the first five songs that we recorded, went so smoothly that it just made the next like 5 that we did or 6 that we did like so much more fun because we were just had so much momentum going in like like he said we were we were already, you know, practicing the songs, getting them ready to go, so when we went into the studio it was just kind of like knocking them out. That's awesome. But so- the my favorite song I'd have to say recording was Youth because it was kind of like up in the air like I was talking about earlier. And like one day to record like it was only it was recorded in like a couple hours, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So going in with the process of just having that chorus that my brother wrote and then like the fear of like, oh, what are we gonna write about? You know what I mean?
2: We've got one day. So
1: I think that was the funnest because we went into this approach of like, okay, now we have the chorus. We recorded the chorus. Let's do a part where we call out cities. That was the second part we did, and we had this part where we were I, I, at the end of the song where I do that rant mm-hmm. like that scat, and then then we wrote the the um, verses. So it was kind of strange the yeah, way. Yeah, that is
2: strange. Yeah, you guys kind of group came we up kinda, with ideas we, and.
1: We'll, we let the chorus kind of like. That was the statement. You know yeah. what I mean. So then we had to like emphasize on that like Devin Morrison really came through because he was there for that day of recording and he knew like the ball was in his court kind of as you can say so we were like looking at each other mm-hmm. he was like I'm going to go outside I'm going to strum this this you know this what it, this is yeah, and I'm yeah. going to come up with the cadence so he came back in and he was like you know he came in with that cadence yeah. and then I was like okay let's write this, you know, like nice. And it was like, boom. So that was probably the most exciting, but it was like the, the momentum that we had, you know, like if, if we were to sit another, you know, four weeks in there, you know, it would have been like, probably got burned. Well, we would have had, we would have had less material. We would have been writing. we on the spot. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Or like we would have calling ideas out from different sources, but it felt like really like good to like once that, the first songs were down. It was like, we're, we're rolling we're, we're rolling down yeah. the hill.
0: Nice. That's awesome. Good question, Donna. Um, Justin Palmer says, Opie and Marshall, how do you feel about this new sublime documentary coming out? And is it true? Opie made the sublime tattoo on Bradley's back. Oh, lots of questions. And what's your favorite Eric Wilson story? So let's start with, uh, <laughs> oh, how do you feel about the, uh, sublime documentary
1: I think yeah, that's what they're asking
3: I, I think it's it's good <clears throat> be completely honest with you I haven't seen it top to bottom yet but I know what I said in it and I know that the producer director um, was very open to let the information be there in a true documentarian style so I think there is good information there again I haven't seen it all the way but from what I said and what he Kind of in the interview, the pre-interviews were, were great. So I have nothing but good uh, good around it. I think it was a great project done by some good people.
0: Right on. I didn't even know that was happening. Yeah. yeah. And now oh, I'm it happened excited. a long time ago, yeah, yeah. a couple of years ago. And uh, so yeah. is it true, Opie, that so you I did? Saw it oh, sorry.
2: Oh, so I thought you were talking about there's a new one that's coming out
0: that hasn't come out yet?
1: It hasn't no, come out yet. No, it's yeah, still okay, film You festivals, did what you did kinda, a couple yeah. years ago. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, fuck yeah. I'm excited as hell then. Yeah. So, um, is it true, Opie, that you did the sublime tattoo on Bradley's back? It's true. It is <laughs> true. It's <people>. true. <laughs> the word is out. Yeah, <laughs> I've
1: been tattooing for almost uh over twenty years. You still got That's your shop? Shout out shop. No, your I don't I don't no? uh, I'm not at a shop right now, so Oh shit. We're not allowed to that. tattoo at the moment because of the oh, COVID yeah, thing. I guess that, so, yeah. uh, <laughs> Um, just kind of painting a lot and writing new material for a new album. So, but yeah, I did. I did that in uh, Ras One's kitchen. Big up Ras One.
0: Ras One.
2: Ras One, another Long Beach guy yeah, that everybody knows. We all know
0: Ras. And if i sure correct,
1: Short
2: bus.
0: he came in during that session on Ring the Alarm and he did the high harmonies on it. Mm, and okay. I think yeah. that was the first time that we had a harmonies on a track and at that point, me and Jared were not at the level that where we were going to be able to do high harmonies and stuff. And he came in and I i, and I almost want to say he did it first take. Mm. And we were just like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty rad. Yeah.
1: He's very skilled.
2: Dude, yeah, and quick voice. Rass story too because he's a character and a crazy guy and he's been with Long Beach Dub and he has a band Long Beach Short Bus. He's just a guy that everyone knows in Long Beach and, and big in the reggae scene and mm-hmm. I'll never forget um, Second Street, Long Beach, Belmont Shore. There's a... What's the burger spot at the end? It's like a chain burger spot. Oh, my God. Now, Crab Shark? There's a burger Wait. spot all the way down by Miguel's. Oh, it's like Oh,
1: Amazing Burger?
2: I forget what the name of this place is. God dang it. It's like a Blimpy's yeah. burger, one of yeah. these places. Anyway, I walk in there one day randomly, and Rass is... He walks in behind me. He's got a guitar in his hand, and he... You know, he's singing and playing guitar as he walks in, and he walks up and sings his order pl- while still playing guitar <laughs> to the person behind the counter and then went and sat down outside. And kept- I was like, oh That's my great. God. I didn't even bother him. I was like, no. yep, hell yeah, he just did That's that. That's amazing. Anyway, awesome people in Long Beach, dude. I love it. Character. Um, yeah, big time.
0: All right, and then Justin Palmer also wants to know what is your favorite Eric Wilson story?
2: Oh my God. Do you guys Lord. have a,
0: a, a good Eric Wilson story? Yeah, yeah it there was down. a
3: time, a long time ago during the Sublime Days, where. We were at a party in Belmont Shore, <clears throat> and the man is invincible, I will say that. He's a vampire or something. But um, his, his body structure and <laughs> everything he's put it through, it's just been okay. For instance, at some party, we're out front hanging out. We hear this big commotion go on, like bushes and like wood and just heavy things hitting heavy things. And we look over and Eric comes out of the bushes because he had just fallen out of the second story window of this house. (laughs) And he walks over like, what's up? Like nothing happened. hearing
0: about this.
3: And we were like, are you okay? Are you alive? He's like, you got another beer? I think I spilled my beer. That was it. And there are so many stories along that line of invincibility that we have. He fell down some stairs and. In Italy, that time he did not spill the full bottle of wine that he had in his new Italian cut boots that he had on with shorts. Remember that? Mm -hmm. He fell down. (laughs) We played this amphitheater, and there was some long cement step, like too many, without a landing. And he he had these new boots on he was proud of, had the zipper on the inside, kind of low cut. And uh, nice boots, though. I'll give it to him. And you know, very a man of fashion. I heard it in your previous shows. He, he's a guy that's very into fashion. Has always been. So he's walking down these steps and lost his footing and just tumbled. Bloop, 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 bloop. Huge man,
1: and, just uh, such a big
3: boy, big boy, and just came up and oh,
0: okay, didn't spill any of this wine. I think you know, the just kept the,
1: the wine the wine bottle was like this the whole time though. As he kept purposely Elevated. kept oh, it, and kept the it. sound guy was sitting there. Like, he looked like El Duce. Remember that guy? He looked like a little El Duce from The Mentors. And he saw Eric fall, and he was like this. And then he was, like, amazed that Eric didn't spill his wine. Eric got up and went onto the stage and started shredding.
2: We got to cut it up because we, I don't know, we've got at least five or six Eric Wilson stories now throughout all of our episodes, yeah. just organically from other people. We've gotten three <laughs> more just like, or two more right there. Yeah. Oh, we're I got a great, I got a great one. And eventually, I got a great I'll one. Oh, fucking throw it, So that time
1: when we were in Europe, we were touring with Primus. Okay. So I'm getting into like, I, I was rapping with Les and he was like telling me these stories. Like he used to do sound in San Francisco and he's got all these board tapes of all these badass reggae people. He was saying he has like some board tapes of like Eka Mouse when he first came out, Mikey Dredd, all these crazy stuff. He's like, he's like a he loves reggae, you know. Mm-hmm. So this is
2: Les Claypool. I'm of Primus. I might yeah, might not know. Yeah, of Primus, bass so player, singer.
1: He he was like we were t- rapping with him, and uh, I think it happened to be Eric's birthday. So we were partying at this crazy like festival, and uh, it was like a circular building. I remember, and they're like. It was like a crazy with how they got rid of the glass. It was like a, tr- like a weird thing that shot out all the glass on the top, and there was just a pile of glass on the side of the building. Anyways, so we're like, <laughs> hey Les, come up and jam with us when because it's Eric's birthday, mm-hmm. and we're just like, oh god, like how's this gonna turn out? Like, it? but it was just so rad of a, rad of an idea, you know, and so. Les walks out there and Eric immediately starts going like (laughs) you know, like on the bass.
2: So you guys are on stage.
1: We're on stage and Les walks out there. And and then Eric hands, Les the bass, uh-huh, and Les is jamming reggae with Dub All Stars for Eric's birthday.
0: That's freaking awesome. Yeah.
2: And perfect in the pocket can play reggae. Got well, the. Well, it was a little slap. It, it was a little, little
1: slap. He He's a bang 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 bang. bang, bang yeah. you know, <laughs> South Park, that's <laughs> if you him. Don't
0: play reggae <laughs> on a. You know, it, well, it he was playing
1: Eric's you. bass, so I yeah. mean, uh, yeah. it sounded reggae. It was like, you yeah. Know, cool. But the whole <laughs> moment, we're just like, and Eric's kind of like looking at him, like, you know, it was a great moment. No, but, oh, Duddy, oh, you're right.
3: If you don't play reggae, it sounds simple, it it sounds oh, it's, easy.
1: Drums just one drop.
3: It's just so simple. Just backbeat, yeah. kick one one, and backbeat on three. It's not. It's a pocket thing. It's a yeah. feel thing. It's a groove thing.
0: And it's funny, like you know. And I'm not. I, I'm not like a shredding guitar player. Like I'm a decent guitar player, but you know, I when I, we do studio work, I, I you know, I, I've worked with and I've played with amazing guitar players, and then but then to watch them try and do a skank, just a simple like skank, because it's such a different timing mm-hmm. than you're used to, unless you play reggae, and okay. it's like it, they're just like. I can't they just can't get it it's Mm. it's it's funny to watch especially
2: with drummers that that have never played They Mm -hmm. you want to everything in your body tells you to start out with like a kick yeah dude you just take that away right you you know it's just not what you're supposed to do but it's it makes everything work yeah you know it's like yeah it's taking away shit that you think you're supposed to do right you know it's like it's such a cool thing all right that's a good one um Great one! Yeah, so that, that led to three Eric Wilson uh,
0: stories. I'll so tell thank a you. Great quick question. Eric Wilson story. This isn't even Four. a story. This is just a quick like I mean, I, when I saw this pull up, I just am like, yep, no yep. one else would do this. Uh, one oh. time we were, I forget where we were at, but Eric pulled up, and what he had just purchased was a old ice cream truck with a cannon on top of it.
1: Have you seen that? I think I saw it at his house when we. It's were, like an old.
0: Yeah. If I, it's it's either like an old mail truck, but I, or ice. I think it's an old ice cream truck, and it's got and it's got a fucking cannon on top.
1: Yeah, <laughs> why not? He's got, he, he, I think Perfect. he's got a fascination with cannons. He bought a cannon. Off, <laughs> you know, remember Grizzly Adams? Yeah. The the actor. Yeah. Well, we used to hang out with him. Okay. Because no. they, Eric's boat was like right next to uh, Grizzly Adams' boat. And we used to hang out with his his grandkids and his sons and all this shit, and we'd see Grizzly Adams like almost every other day. You know what I mean? And uh, him and Grizzly were like good buddies, and sold Eric <laughs> he sold Eric some like Spanish cannon, and like <laughs> Eric wanted to fire it, and I was like, no, please don't.
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> he will fire. it. Oh, yeah, oh he, yeah, he he yeah. wanted to, and I was like looking at I'm it. Sure, he has. I wanted to oh, make sure it too. was
1: like a real cannon. You yeah. know what I mean? And Eric was like, "I don't even know if it's real." I'm like, "Don't There's do it, please." There's only one way to find out. Yeah, he was like looking for cannonballs and shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is that like a people lying. selling fake cannons on the black market. Yeah, man, it's real. Uh, it's more, it's I mean, the, I mean, the fact
1: of the matter is, he bought a cannon from Grizzly Adams.
0: That's pretty rad. That's,
1: I mean, and that is that, that is, that that cannon like, probably will sell more now yeah. because grizzly adams sold it to eric and
0: if you ever that's, that's like guaranteed. the most perfect yeah. story the lineage of that cannon. that's right that's like the title of they that had, is dude. such a perfect eric wilson story but remember the time that eric wilson bought a cannon off grizzly adams? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're like dude, that could see anyone, what anyone this else man like, does. yeah yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> unbearable his dog almost killed me do you remember that daddy I do. quick one there i have a i do remember that a fucking tangential it's off to the side of an eric wilson story but his dog We, uh, one time we were on tour, humongous Rottweiler, huge Rottweiler, and he's a great dog. He's my friend. Um, we were on tour with him, and there's one day I'm in, I'm in backstage in like Milwaukee, it feels like I want to say. We were in Milwaukee and we were backstage, and everyone had left this backstage room except for Duddy, myself, and Eric Wilson's dog. And I'm telling a story to Duddy, and I'm swinging my hands around. I was doing, I was like acting out things. I was like, Duddy. yeah, and, and then we kind of realized uh, Duddy was sitting with, you know, Monster? Wait, what was I? No, haven't seen that's this dog. 40? 40, 40.
0: 40 dog? 40. Yeah. yeah that Huge was, dog. Yeah, that was Dude. 40. Fuck, okay. And, and it, so was, it was 40. Yeah. And 40, uh, for some reason, like, it really it really liked me. It would always come yeah. sit with me and chew in me. Duddy's so lap on the couch. Jake started to freak out, and I think he got into protective mode. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to protect yeah. Duddy, you know. Because mm-hmm. I must
2: have been explaining in a fight or something. Yeah. Well,
0: Duddy, someone got shit, you know. And then the dog kind of
2: like thinks that I'm a threat now, and I'm like, oh shit, and we we're in a stare down. And it's the thing, his dog. Every muscle was flexed. He, his legs were like you know, kind of pinned in this position where next move is leap forward mm-hmm. and, and annihilate. And I'm I'm throwing chairs at the floor. I'm slamming chairs dude, on the floor, uh, and yelling. I, I'm and trying I'm to intimidate his dog. A scared
0: because yeah, but yes, the dog likes me and it, we're chilling. But I'm, it, it's not my dog, so I don't want to like it, grab oh. it. So I'm sitting there like forty. Stop, oh, dude. Stop. It was this weird stop, moment this where 40. all of a sudden, yeah, I thought my brother was dead for a and second. And I jumped
2: onto a pool table. And the dog is ready to still murder me, and I remember Duddy. You go, I'm gonna grab the leash in two, like in on three, I'm gonna dive forward, grab the leash. He's all, and you're like, run for the door, yeah. and we're like three, and Duddy's like, yeah, ah, clack, yeah. close the door, and I was like, I. Oh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, Eric Wilson's dog almost murdered me, and then <laughs> wow. we were friends the rest of the tour. But yeah, it was
0: I, crazy moments. I saw that moments. dog almost kill a few security guards. Oh boy, you know, we're all just hanging out in the dressing room and or not even security guys like the like the runner the venue runner who's like bringing people us just bust in the, hey, They the would room. just come in the room to do their normal job yep. and that dog would just wow. Wha! Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Um all right, let's do one more for them and then I know there is one for me as well. Um Shit. Do you guys there's anyone in your band or do you guys have any weird rituals you do before you guys get on stage?
1: Anything? We used to back in the day, we would do this thing where we weren't drinking and before the show, me and Marshall would try to drink as many tequila shots as we could possibly handle. <laughs> this was a
3: specifically you and
2: Marshall so,
1: yeah. thing? Oh, yeah. Like, you guys we'd, would uh, grow yeah. up on this we'd
3: one? wait and not drink anything. And, and then oh we would just be sitting God.
1: there, and then we'd be. I think one time we did four, and yeah. that was like. And then Always we were like, top.
3: no more. 1800 Patron, whatever best tequila they had, we'd order it from the bar. It was at the end of a very stressful leg of a tour, I think. And so lots of guys were getting drunk, playing songs multiple times. No set list. It was like, guys I think couldn't there was, play because they were too drunk. So we just stopped drinking.
1: There was parts on the set list where it would be like, Eric Dub. Like Just
2: let him play bass and you guys follow along?
3: What? But there was no set list. I mean... That could be anything.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
0: Eric is unpredictable (laughs) as fuck. What key are we doing that in?
3: Does
1: Eric Eric know? Yeah.
2: (laughs) Or maybe he does. He's he's like that tricky guy that did totally study for the test, but you would never think he did.
1: He knows. He just wants to be like... Yeah. What? Like make a weird look and yeah. then everybody goes to do a different thing and then he's just like back to laughing at you, you know? And That's Dude, what you
2: notice about Eric <laughs> is it's it is chaos and it's like a beautiful but there's some sort of mathematics behind 100%. all of it. And that you know? that
0: question was from Brendan buon buon nano by the way buon nano i fucked that name up i'm sorry um but that like you said where it's like he'll fuck with you he'll like and then he'll just be right back on brings me to another eric wilson oh, story Dude, <laughs> this is good we were in it's germany we were, we were in story. germany and we had a show and after the show there was like this little side like room pubby area uh that was just completely empty and we me and rome and cheese and and eric and a few of us we just went over there and we had some beers and we were just sitting there hanging out having beers and i look over and eric's just like on the wall and he's looking like he's about to completely pass out and just fall down and i'm like watching him i'm starting to get a little worried he's like eyes almost going on the back of his head and you know and like i and he's doing it for a bit and I'm just staring at him like, oh fuck. I'm like so I walk over and I'm like, Eric, dude, are you okay, bud? You need some. help? <laughs> i just been fucking with you this whole time.
1: See? I was like, yeah.
0: like, All right. And then he just went back and he was just fine. I was like, okay. But he it was like, and he, like was he? Or yeah, did you snap him out no. of it? Or did did I snap said, him out it, of him it? I don't know, but like like you said though, he's always he is
3: I
2: love that you guys have known him since or especially you guys Junior, junior High. high yeah.
3: Always always He was in a band with my sister. Was he always different? Oh, really? Brad, yeah. My my sister played sax for a band that Brad and Eric were in. So I've known him since I was around 14. Yeah.
2: Well, always a different kind of cat, him, or was no same.
3: Nope, same
0: Same guy. Perfect. uh where was this yeah one more and, we and
3: then we the gotta corner, go to the we, tip of the day we turned a corner on this interview this is a, the eric and eric oh, right seriously
2: now, right? dude this i call know. him up right now it's so funny because every time we have anyone who's in any way related to our scene it ends up that's why i say this it always ends up being us telling stories about eric yeah because someone will ask something and then it goes there
0: well you know i think people are just you know they're interested in eric and and some people always ask like is there any funny eric stories
1: the god of thunder yeah
0: yep. <laughs> um so this mm-hmm. is the last last one we'll do here this one's from Jessica Reeves and it says have you and jared ever disagreed about a song um every song like no not every song many but like there like for instance uh we played it on the last um we Earlier. played it on the last live stream and oh. it's the song disguise mm-hmm. and um i remember when we were writing that song we all we really had was this cool like horn line Firm, 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 firm. I don't know. It was. Pretty much just that, and I think like a beat, and and I was like all about it. I just loved this horn line for some reason, and and at the end of the session, Jared was just like, "Ah, I'm just not really feeling this track. Like, let's move on tomorrow. I don't like, let's just start fresh tomorrow Mm -hmm. with something else, you know. And I went home, and I remember I was just like, God, I just fucking really like this track. There's something to it. Let me try and write something to it so I can go tomorrow prepared. And I just wrote a rap over what we had, Mm -hmm. and I brought it in the next day, and I was like, you know, and I went in a little early because i knew I was, I was like lou i even hit louie up i'm like let me come in like a half hour early let me just drop this rap over it and let's just see how it feels so we can show jared and, and jared got there and we showed it and he was like i get it now Sometimes i didn't it's hard to explain it. a vision i didn't hear yeah. it i didn't get it I, I wasn't even thinking about doing a rap and he's like but now hearing it he's like i totally fucking get it And we ended up finishing finishing the song and the song made the album and mm. but i mean that's one of probably many that we've disagreed on and um, you know, we've disagreed on tracks where, you know, like we've talked about before, like when you're doing an album, there's a budget and maybe you're budgeted to do 11 songs because at the end of the day you got to get a mix, you got to get a mastered and all these things cost money. So, okay, we're going to do 11 songs, but we wrote 16 songs. Mm-hmm. Now there's five songs that are going to get cut that we wrote and like sometimes There's always usually an obvious like three or so of them. But then there's always that one or two where, you know, sometimes it's like, well, you know, he's got a connection to one track. I have one to another. And we just have to, you know, we figure it out. We've never gotten in crazy arguments or anything. But yes, to answer your question, we have totally disagreed on songs.
1: Yeah. That's
2: how you get better in any way. You know, like adversity is what makes you better and what makes people move forward. You know, so, yeah, you got to argue about songs and try to make them better every once in a while those songs just fall into place everyone agrees and you're like holy shit we did that whole song like your guys' first five going into the studio you were ready sometimes the studio's perfect where you just knock out five songs sometimes you go to the studio and you can't get one song down Dude, totally. music's a funky fucking thing yeah but let's I don't, roll i don't
1: think that's the time when you go in the studio if you don't have anything i mean uh, yeah I
2: but was- so many people do they'll, they'll have barely anything and like you guys have said they'll be trying to write the whole album in a studio oh it's a nightmare that's my
3: theory coming into this this whole album is like a labor of love for me and it's you know to answer a previous question you know this between then and now this record is 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 like a a child for me so the the planning and procedure put it on the line talk to opie figured out how we wanted to go what direction talk to other guys in the band What direction do we want to go? Reggae rock, make it more reggae than anything. And then planting the seeds with the tracks, bringing the tracks in. And that was my rule is like, we need to get everything workshopped here. We need to have almost complete songs. I need hooks at least Mm -hmm. was my rule. We're not going to hit the studio until we have hooks at least.
1: Heavy pre-production. Yeah, the majority of everything
3: was done. And that way we can workshop it and we can satellite and sit on it and think about it. And the album took 18 months to, to do, a long time, and um, it's because we were just workshopping stuff and getting it done, and there was a gap where writing stopped, but um, once you workshop it, you get in the studio, and it's pretty much one take for all the rhythm section and everything, and we had some yeah. little hang-ups, but that was like one day it took to do those How
2: hang-ups. long did you say you guys were in the studio? Three days,
3: and I went for back the, for, for the two whole, days right? to mix, yeah. No, for the whole thing, though.
2: Yeah, at, for at the whole Maple rec- studio. Yeah, so you but the and then whole all the process before. Well, so. right. That's what I'm. I'm trying to get at is for, for 18 months writing, getting everything ready. But then, how long did you? I think this, the
3: first one was two weeks, wasn't it? In the studio. Yeah. We may have had it blocked out for that amount of time. About but two weeks. The, the, everyone in the studio yeah. at the same time. Yep. Was like. Two days, three days, and that's yeah. so
2: you could have spent. You if you didn't do all that pre-production, you would have went in the studio. You would have been in the studio for almost eighteen Everybody, months, and that becomes expensive yeah. and gnarly and stressful. Knew it's their better parts, to do it so. First. It was like basically
1: like cut yeah. and dry. Like okay, you're coming in. Tomorrow. So when you come in, you just you're, nail you're parts. You're coming in, bum, bum, yeah,
2: dudes yeah, can get off work if they have to, if they have another anything. You can come in, nail your parts, and go back to your life.
3: Some people like writing in the studio. It creates a little pressure. It creates yep. a little animosity, and that's cool. <laughs> But my idea with this team has always been, like, these guys, we should write outside, and we should be comfortable when we're writing. Pressure is not good. No, I mean,
0: Jared, for instance, he loves writing his, like, verses and lyrics and stuff in the studio. Mm -hmm. And so, like, if we make uh, the music bed, and now it's time to, like, drop some verses on it or whatever it is, all fucking i'm out i like to go home write, write in my car i like to i like to actually even like you said i'll put the song away for the night i like to wake up i wake up really early and that's when like my brain's just firing and that's why i'll take my dog for a walk with the headphones right 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 there and that's when i like to get my lyrics out but jared he'll stay in the studio till three in the morning just sitting there just writing lyrics you know and it's like everyone's got their own style and there's no right or wrong way it's just whatever works for you you know he's tupac yeah (laughs) 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 serious yeah i'm more like let me get out of here Let me take a break real quick, can we? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, you didn't answer my question. There's no time.
2: Holy shit. All right memory lane we strolled down it big time we'll probably do it again in this episode but now let's get to one of our favorite new things that we do you know what it is duddy comes up with something he believes in it he tells you it he made it up is this all
0: true right that's not true
2: this is conspiracy query where duddy b asks you do you believe in something crazy duddy what do you have for us today this
0: one's great that i have found on uh, news insta, c, instact, uh, dot com I don't know what oh, Yeah if you can't even Make news. your
2: website Pronounceable That's news on intact. you News Intact There you uh, go News com. Intact You're
0: in too deep Yeah uh, <laughs> And this is um, And Jake No it's, These are not Things that I believe Oh, These not. are not Things I don't believe These oh. are not Things I came up with Okay Well then my These bad. are things That I have just found Online or have heard, and I'm just asking: Do you believe in these conspiracy queries? All right, what we got for us today? Okay, UFOs. <laughs> How's, that? How's that? Do, do you, be- you believe in conspiracy Thank queries? You. I love that. Okay, <laughs> do it. Uh, UFOs are time machines. Aliens are humans from the future, according to MIT professor. well, well, well hear me out. Here we go. Totally true. Have you ever considered the idea that UFOs are not really space travelers, but they are actually future versions of ourselves who somehow managed to develop time voyages, and for whatever reason, they decided to go back in time, our time, according to MIT professor Michael P. Master, there's a huge possibility that this could be the case.
3: Uh, this guy bit off of the movie Prince of Darkness. It's, uh, that's Come on. Prince of Darkness, that movie, if you haven't seen it, they already talked about this. They know about it. It's written. This professor at MIT, all these stats and all, he's trying to big up something that's not even his. It's called uh, plagiarism.
2: Dang! Whoa! What, Prince of I Darkness. Mean, Go watch the Prince, Prince of, Darkness. of Darkness. Wait, why does that sound so familiar that's to me? What it, is all that? All I
3: have to say, it's from like the 90s or something. People come from the future to warn people about this, that, and the other, and then the devil's going to come <laughs> and <laughs> and that, and from the future already been done come damn on damn it on? Dude. and here's dude, what i just love repackaged it as aliens what is this? and
2: i love his deep in and gnarly explanation they've come back in time for whatever reason You're they right chose right. our time yeah. oh thanks for that <laughs> fucking for science reason? what yeah what chalkboard did you have to exhaust was that, yeah. with was that
1: a new mathematics was that, was that pretty new
0: um i don't know
1: dude we do little to this, no research yes, on this show this, uh, that's like was our, that. A, that might have been old
0: this says published on April twelfth, twenty twenty. Oh okay. wow, okay. wait a dude, Prince of Darkness the, in the
3: nineties, you say? Yeah, he, he plagiarized that. So listen, the yeah. alien, the UFOs are time machines, and the aliens are humans, is what it said, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's the, the
0: aliens are humans. They're just future that's the, humans that's the movie, coming you know. back in time. I do love this
2: as a movie, though. Is it a good movie? I, I feel like I've seen. Doesn't it sound it, it, so no, it doesn't sound too good. Prince of Darkness. Sounds,
1: you watch it. <laughs> <Sounds> today, <laughs> interesting to me.
3: You watch it today. It's corny as hell. Yeah, yeah, right. But the themes and the theories behind it were pretty deep. Like all of these biblical and like theoretical stuff with water dripping up in the bottom of this church is a sign of this, and then the other sign when this thing th- sees itself in the mirror, this happens. You know that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But. um it's like They Live you know that movie with uh, oh I Robbie. fucking love oh, yeah, They yeah. Live John Carpenter like, yeah, yeah. John Rowdy Rowdy Piper yeah. it's, it's kind of like gotta that. put the glasses on not yep. as exciting as that though. Oh, the bang. music in that is incredible because I think John Carpenter he does that music, music absolutely Yeah, yeah. The, the Halloween and all that and
2: that's got one of the best movie lines of all time I've said it in here before oh, yeah. I come here to kick ass and chew bubblegum and I'm all, all out of bubble gum, gum. Yeah. come on it's just legendary that
0: is the bomb that's, that's yep. the line it's and you've used. got
2: the uh, alleyway fight scene that goes on for about 15 minutes and it's just fucking <laughs> ridiculous at a damn certain I
0: gotta go I haven't
1: seen was I was hit, I wanted his <laughs> homie just to whoop him so bad oh I
2: know and he'd like he would
1: he's like he's more determined he's buffer you know what Mm -hmm. I mean he should have it was like it just goes on for too long
2: and it's one of these fights where it's like they were both hit squarely they in the face with friends. the world's biggest punches. They would not be friends. 100 and, well, they'd be dead.
3: They'd be dead. Like
2: 150,000 <laughs> punches to both of to their offer. faces yeah. a billion times. And they both have like, you know, the, where they get up and there's like three scratches and you're like, yes. what <laughs> the they got hit by trucks.
1: I know. one of his eyes should have been like fully. Yeah, gone, they should have just like,
2: been uh, uh, toothless. But a great so scene. So are great you guys movie. saying that you believe this? I think no? that's what we're saying in the end. Yeah. Well, I said it's plagiarized this
3: movie, but Whether it's believable or not, Opie.
1: Well, (laughs) I'm going to go with this this new theory that I heard by this other scientist who was at another institution of technology (laughs) where he said that his words were this, that (laughs) we are so, like, we're just new. We're just like, we don't have technology. We are just like... We're just like a new planet, you know what I mean? We're not even we're not even on the technology scale of these other planets. So they're just coming by and whizzing by us and going like look at that, cavemen, you well, know what I mean? I mean like, one day, assholes. You know, like, we're out of here. Like or either they're working in the underground tunnel system that we have going on mm-hmm. in the United States and siphoning bodies that and touches stuff. Touches onto some theories through we've had another in the past. energy system that we don't know about yet. And
3: I think on that, I would have to recommend a movie. This one I highly recommend. It's a great movie. It's called Prometheus. Oh, yes. I've seen this. Touches on what Opie's talking about. Like, we were engineered by others. Mm -hmm. And we go and we find them in Orion's belt. We actually have the capability to fly to where the star, all these ancient people are pointing to. This is where...
1: Is that the one the where gold. they're like all the gold shooting up to the big machines? Prometheus, that it it would
2: be a, it's in no, the it's Alien the lineage. Alien. Yeah, oh, okay. it's a prequel to the original. It's before
3: all of Alien. It's the prequel. She's young and she's married to this dude. It's like, it's dope. <laughs> and um, that is what you're talking anymore. about. It's like these these big beings that are like created us for this thing or whatever. Like, yeah, here you go. Good luck. I could believe that. Fly by and like, yeah, kids aren't grown yet. Give them some more
0: time. Yep. Yeah. Give them some more time.
3: God dang it. What
2: about the hell you are we? It's always funny when you start thinking about what are we. Somebody, like a aliens. aliens what we are is science having some project. Beers and having a good time. That's, so that's right. It. Yeah. Absolutely. And that is a good thing because that's like living in the moment. At this moment, we're having a good time and we're having yep. a few beers. That, Nothing else uh, really matters. Five minutes from now, doesn't even really matter really? right now. And that's a positive thing, and I love that. So I also, this leads us to our tip of the day. And Opie, you didn't even know you said it, but you, when you were talking to us earlier before we started recording, you told us about how in your household you have to finish oh. every single thing you start or you say this word, and it made Duddy and I laugh, and I kind of wanted to well. use this as the tip of the day. Like Tip of the day is uh, every episode. If we have a guest, we have them. Just say something that people can use right now to make their day better. Mm. Um, and I thought that was so simple and easy that they should tell us about that.
1: We have a rule in our house. Um, if you are asked to do a chore or something like that, you have to complete it from the very beginning to the very end. And I call out Buddha's name, Siddhartha, in that sense, because that means to complete, to 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 start and complete something like, you know, and that's a common thing in our house. If you're starting the dishes, you're going to finish them. If you started clean your room, you have to finish it. You know, like my youngest son, Oliver, he's he's a proponent of that. He's not in that all the way so he's like in the living room now during this quarantine time and it's like become his room and we got to tell him to clean it up and I'm like telling him about Siddhartha like once you start something you have to clean it like you can't leave your games out here you can't leave your skateboard or your, you know like all that you know so he's just learning about chores and stuff like that but my my teenagers Mm -hmm. are still at home they they're grown they're not teenagers they're you know my son is old he's 20 and he knows about Siddhartha because he yells at me about Siddhartha. Mm. If I don't do something he'll I can hear him he'll Siddhartha'll <laughs> gotcha. like, uh, I'll be like hmm, what are, what did I do you know, like, no, I didn't finish so something. it goes it goes full you know it's I everyone that. is susceptible of finish what that. you start yeah Dude,
2: exactly it's the simplest thing because you will get in the habit in life of either finishing what you start yeah. Or not finishing anything, you start like yeah, if you, right. if you start the dishes, but leave three of them I think or, that we you know, but how, how we brought it person. up
1: though was we were talking about songs mm-hmm, and like that you don't finish or something like that, you and come I, back to it I had later. mentioned like I've written songs yeah. that i don't even I can't even start to finish, you know like mm-hmm. I, unless I just put my Let's everything to it, yeah, Siddhartha, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's like I mean, I mentioned like paintings that have taken me like five years, mm-hmm. or like when I wrote make a name played it for Cameron and Cameron Webb was just like, okay, what what, what are you saying? You're not saying anything. And so, it like, obviously it made me upset, but then I took it back and I restructured it and rewrote it to totally something different. So you have to be open to that suggestion of, like, hey, change this up, you know, and not be like, well, this is my pattern. This is my destruction, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Like, this is my path that i use you know like sometimes other people will show you like cheats and little tricks that you can use to be like to finish a song or like if you work with people like recently i've been working with jesse from agro lights mm-hmm. and he's a great writer of songs you know if you listen to the Agrolites, he has a yeah. huge array They're of great. songs that he's written so i was like hey can you help me you know, finish these songs. What do you think about these songs? And when someone else tells you, and they're a great songwriter, when they tell you, they go, This is incredible. And you're just going, Okay, well it's just it's just a little jumbled up words, you know, like he's like, No And then he puts his spin on it, then it becomes something great. Like just mm-hmm. like the double all stars when we would do that whole <coughs> writing process where we do we would lock ourselves in a room with no windows in the very beginning. And we would just sit there until we came out with something, and In that's the early where Lo- days, are you that's about? where Lonely End came albums? out of. Yeah. yeah, Lonely End came out of that. Uh, what other song came out? of Like a Dog came out of that situation, where it was forced. These guys were like, "Okay, we did th- the music's ready. Go write." Oh shit! Yeah, and so it was me, Ras, uh-huh. Jack, and Tim Wu and Miguel, like five people writing. You know yeah' it's it's powerful, but then at the end, like what you're dealing with is a salad mix, and you have to like understand everybody's part and what you know what they were trying to say, or you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, but I
3: think when you have a purpose and you have a process, that's the key to finishing what you start. And I think you touched on it. I listened to your first um, podcast, and, and wonderful job, by the way, Thank for coming up with the concept and then telling yourself the process, you had a purpose, you wanted to do something, you wanted to create some feel good for people. So you had to come up with the process and the process was, what was it? Just do something a little bit to it each day, right? Is what you said? It was
0: just, you know, figure out that first step you need to take for whatever project you're starting, whatever it is, you just got to think of what is the first step I have to take to make that a reality and then right. take that first step. And you
3: said you did that step, you researched, you know, mm-hmm. some blog stuff, and started some podcast stuff, stuff. Yeah. then the next thing, then the next thing. And, and, you know, you affirm yourself, you feel good that you took that step and that process is the key. So if you have your purpose and you kick in a process, you can finish anything, you know, and yeah. if it, that, that's where the problem happens is when you don't have a, a process or when you don't really know the purpose, Why do I need to wash these dishes like these dishes? Well, why don't don't we just stop using the dishes? Okay, you're touching on the process, but commit to it, make it happen. So go to your parents and say, let's not use these dishes. Let's use paper plates. (laughs) <laughs> Let's use plastic where we can just get rid of it. We don't have to wash it. Now we're working. You got a purpose. You're tired of washing these dishes. And the process is get some different stuff. Yeah. That's the key. I mean, in my opinion. And if you want to take that and flip it, you could go anywhere you want in music and life. And, you and can, so man. I love it. So I want fucking
0: everybody today, everyone out there has got something that they've been meaning to start, some project, something they've been wanting to do, and they just haven't. Uh, so everyone just start something today. Do the first step necessary to start it, even if it's as small as go online Thumbnail and just sketch. look <laughs> up Yeah, look up how you know other ways people have started this because I guarantee at the end of the day if you do start something you're gonna get to the end of it and you're gonna say Siddhartha YouTube. <laughs> YouTube, you can YouTube. YouTube you will be there. you say "Siddhartha." You can finish. say yeah. "Siddhartha," yeah. you, can say Siddhartha, yeah, and you can't go <laughs> to YouTube for anything. You can't but after but you when say "Siddhartha," then you're gonna feel good, Jake. Oh,
2: I knew it, yeah. dude. You're gonna feel good. That's
3: right, gentlemen. And, listen, it, the reason I put on some weight during this quarantine is Whoa. because I went on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I did. I went on YouTube and I figured out how to make cinnamon rolls. So I made them good. Family loves them. Too many of them. I figured out how to make cookies, you yeah, had way too many. Figured out how to make chocolate chip cookies. Two things that my children love. And so we would buy them all the time and we we're scrambling to get them. They're out of cookie dough at Sam's Club. Like, <laughs> so I was like, I'm just going to make some. They had this big 25 pound pack of flour. So I went ahead and just figured it out and made it. But, yeah, YouTube, I just want to give that little plug. Everything is on there. You can learn lots of things oh, on yeah. there.
0: There's no excuse now. No, you, excu- anything no excuse. Anything you're trying to do, you can go to YouTube, and you'll find 18, if not more, you know, videos on showing you how to do it. And, and yeah. What have you you'll done find lately this show during yeah. this but, quarantine? So what have you done? Do something. Finish it. It's going to make you feel good. And speaking of feeling good, on the show, we do have some sponsors that make us feel good. And first and foremost, Koi CBD. Uh, this is an amazing, amazing company and an amazing sponsor sponsor. Um, I use it every day. You know how it goes. I wake up in the morning. I got my 1500 milligram bottle with a spray capper. I just, I just keep going until my mouth is completely full. And then I let it, leave it there for 20 seconds and then I swallow it and then I grab my inhaler and just... <laughs> empty the entire cartridge. That's a thousand milligram inhaler as well, and it just makes me feel good. But honestly, if you're someone out there that uh, you know has aches and pains or anything, and you're taking over-the-counter like painkillers, give CBD a try. I do think you're gonna love the effects, and uh, it's much healthier for you. And also, if you put in code DuddyB at checkout, you will get 20% off your first uh, order over at Koi CBD. So. <laughs> Yeah, go over there and check it out. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, another amazing company, On It, and that's On It with two N's, O N N I T dot com. This company's got so many amazing products for whatever you're looking for, but I personally love the Alpha Brain. I take it every day. I definitely notice that I'm sharper and my memory is. Coming back Because I did some damage to it In the past But uh, yeah And also the new mood I talk about it all the time And I take it like around Five in the afternoon And it kind of just relaxes you At the end of the night It's not a sleeping pill So you don't pass out right away But when I do fall asleep I sleep like a baby That's right On it with two ends. O-N-N-I-T dot com Forward slash Duddy uh, And you get Ten percent Off your Order
3: I believe so I believe
0: so Get on yeah.
2: it yeah.
3: Boom can and I negotiate it. for a higher percentage?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: On it we will take all negotiations at probably on it.com.
0: I don't fuck it. Yeah. Um, but now we are through that and we are into Dude. dude. What? Well, no, I was gonna say oh, I, yeah, I yeah. was kind of just joining
2: you with dude, we're into
0: this is one of our favorite segments. Um, and we haven't had one. Our last couple guests hadn't had a scary story, but we got yep. we have a scary story. Who's gonna go first? You said you both have one. Scary
1: zone. Well, mine wasn't scary. I kind of like. Uh, <laughs> I I'm aware of the UFOs and have been waiting for some kind of to see to you know everybody like looks around and wants to vision, envision something or see something happen to them, and uh, it was like one of those moments where i had some guests over we're in our backyard and we're just chilling scary
2: zone i'm into this this is not scary though but (laughs) it's
1: it's it's basically like okay now i've seen it so what what the fuck so we were we were sitting there it was like uh it was still daytime okay Okay. so this is the weird part there i live in a fly zone kind of like so long beach and la they kind of tended, they be, they're higher, you know what I mean? But you could see them fly in at a certain time and whatever. So this is like later afternoon. We're kind of like having some beers. I think I had some guests over um, summertime, like I, at the end of summer, like when we got back from tour and um, my friend Josh was there and my wife, Christina, and I'm talking to my friend Josh and we're kind of looking, we're just talking, like looking up in the sky. I see three lights flying like this, right? Not normal speed, not like a plane, like plane. You see a plane planes like this. Mm-hmm. These were like, you know what I mean? I'm like, whoa, Josh see, looks up and sees the three lights. Okay. One of them was brighter in the middle. My wife says, what are you guys looking at? She looks up and right at that moment, they all disappear.
0: So, did your wife see it or not? I wasn't on
1: mushrooms. I wasn't on any drugs. I wasn't overly high on hash or weed or (laughs) hallucinating. Like, I wasn't hallucinating. I wasn't drunk.
2: Just looked up, saw something. And my friend, Josh, he's my
1: my homie. Like, he's my real good homie. And we just basically, at that point with my wife, I said, We just saw an alien. Did they agree? They had to. They're like, there's my nothing wife is, else. Yeah, my wife doesn't to, yeah. really, she's like, she thinks I'm, you know, crazy because I get <laughs> all into these things. You know, yeah. I watch tons of things about what you should, you know, like I, I, I don't watch normal movies and stuff like that. I watch documentaries on mm-hmm. things and yeah. I study things. I'm a Deuteronomist. <laughs> so that with that in mind, she was like, oh, my God, what was that? And I said, yeah. I basically just said, you know what you just saw. I yeah. go, you you didn't see what we saw. You saw them disappear in the yeah. flash of light. It wasn't a it wasn't mm-hmm. a glare. This was daytime. At nighttime, you can see the plane lights. Okay, at nighttime. Yeah. In the daytime, do you see lights? No, you don't. You, you see, see the shape. Plane. Yeah. So me and my friend were talking about it. We were overly discussing it, like we just saw time travel because there was no there was no trail there was no it was lights three lights one of them was larger in the front and then they disappeared with a flash of light so well
0: if it was time travel then is that Query we talked about. Yeah, earlier I have to True? go back and, and <clears throat> change my answer to <laughs> MIT
3: <laughs> professor. Yep. Onto something. Yeah,
2: he did plagiarize. Because I then, on, you know, but have to say that something.
1: if you see the, the like the trajectory of the planes that come in, it's higher. Like they're they can't. I get you know noise and all yeah. that. They have to be yeah. at a higher mm-hmm. you know elevation. These were jetting across like at a crazy angle. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, cool, like what is yeah, that? A okay. fucking meteorite? You know? Yeah, and it's always a But it was thought. three. Like, fuck? Did it look like one
2: ship or three separate ships?
1: I couldn't see a ship all I saw was the like the just just light. A light yeah. You know, fuck. and then and the weird. front one was brighter. Yeah. So it's just you know, it wasn't a trail like a like a meteorite has a trail. Yeah. If it comes in, it's gonna be like you're gonna see a tail like the dragon, yeah, yeah. you know?
0: Well the meteorite well, I guess it could disappear if it burned all the way up before it hit the ground, but I don't know.
1: I'd have, to, I'd have to look into that and yeah, see if know. that maybe, if it was a meteorite that, but wouldn't doesn't we see, it wouldn't we, like we like it. see like part, like something come?
2: Shit, Wait, if it was a meteorite, yeah. we'd all be dead. So I don't know. Well, no. That. Yeah. Here's, <laughs> study. Yeah, Here's got- study with the reasoning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the have logic. you guys ever <laughs> seen <laughs> Men in Black? I know. <laughs> I'm usually the skeptic too. I'm always like, fuck, nope. I instantly uh, find it. Have you ever seen Men in Black? Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. The it, seemed it seemed like more, the, it didn't
1: seem like it was an explosion or anything like that. Yeah. It just seemed to like, just,
2: <laughs> just later, slam. Yeah. I think double. it was what we talked about. It. Future, but, I, I I, mean, Future, us it's got to be future aliens coming back took a peek nothing to see here these fucking losers are hundreds of thousands of, of years away from being cool bap we're out of here
1: <laughs> they're so like wait a minute hit the head they're like the, they're in they're in their you know their alien ships and everything they're mm-hmm. like hit the headlights one more time fuck with it yeah, yeah let's just give oh, them yeah. something
2: to think about yeah. help them jump forward five years
0: maybe what
1: if they're like gangsters from the future <laughs> future gangsters with
0: their- <laughs> drive-by Oh, we'd be fucking we'd be dead. We, we would know well, I, I
1: mean, if you study the shit You know that there's like <laughs> There's many different races of aliens So they say like, uh, Yeah, I haven't studied it And there's some that are peaceful There's some that are like Totally want to destroy just, us Just like human
3: I know how to find out All right, Let's how we hit do? that MIT professor up I'm going to email him Yeah, we have races. his name What Call are him. they? We got it hey, Yeah,
0: Mr. MIT Listen to this We'll play him the show So did you say you had one too,
2: Mark? Yeah, you said you had something
3: Yeah, I mean, so my my thing is, is, I don't come, like, it's not a scary thing, like, to see something and be scared. It's more so, there are things that exist that we're not aware of. So it's like, I don't know how to express it. It may be a constant state of scared, but I'm not scared. It's not that feeling. It's just, I understand that there are things out there. There's energy. There's a source of energy. My grandmother's Native American. So the whole Sasquatch thing or Bigfoot thing shape-shifting all of that's not far from like it's just what it is it is what it is it's not like oh you believe this could possibly it's like yeah it's what it is things called miracles it's like prophecy it's like can you believe that somebody could see the future it's like well I mean, if you meditate enough or if you pray enough or if you connect your energy with the ether enough you can see the. the so it's not so much as being scared but the weird happenings From that side of of my ancestry, um, it's just kind of normal. Like, you know, people get shocked and surprised where I'm just like, yeah, it's tied into the energy. Levitating or Buddhists that cannot eat for years. It's like, sure, because we've become more energy than material. Right now, we're more material than energy. So when we come across energy beings, we get alarmed. So one situation I had was I was sleeping when I was a kid. had this crazy bad dream. Sat up. I woke myself up by screaming sitting up in bed right and my father passed away like three years ago or something like that so I'm thinking yeah I'm uptight or whatever I'm just tripping but I just when I, I woke up to this face like I could see something it was space it was all cold kind of windy you could hear kind of wind it was just black it felt like I was floating in space I could see something far away so I was looking it was like one of those scare moments in a movie I was trying to focus on it and all of a sudden it was in my face like this white face just like like Paul Stanley without the star, like that white face, like a Ooh. face, but just, cu- you know, painted sexy. white. Yeah. Uh, no, not <laughs> Sexy at all. Ow.
2: No, no chest. You couldn't see the chest saying.
3: hair. You couldn't see the, the halter cut or whatever cut that is that he had. You I was just about his lips. <laughs> yeah, the lips no. weren't there either. It was just more white. Yeah. No, he didn't red him up. Totally joking. Anyway, in the face, boom, I woke up and I was sitting up in my bed and, and I heard myself yell. So I was bugged out just by that. Like, why am I sitting up in my bed? And then for some reason, I felt something up in the corner of the room, like something's there. I don't know what's there, but something's there. So I counted to three and just ran out of the room. I was probably like 16. Didn't sleep in my room for like two weeks. But I came to the resolve that that was an energy that I wasn't familiar with. So I took it from whatever I experienced as a kid. I saw... um, you know the what is that uh, possession movie no it's the other one I can't think of the oh, name the, one, the, one? the most scariest one you've ever seen oh uh, that yeah the exorcist. exorcist exorcist yeah, yeah that, you know mm-hmm. visuals that's all I have to relate to certain energies I'm not aware of those are the visuals that I tie into foreign energy this is what I was breaking down when I was 16 I was deep mm-hmm. and so So you're saying like the energy is there.
2: You manifest it as whatever it is you've seen. I just didn't know what it was. So you know how I got through that instance of not sleeping in my room
3: because my mom was clowning me because I was sleeping on the couch. I told her the story. She's like, ah, what's wrong with you? Go sleep in your bed. It's a new bed. What's wrong with you? (laughs) I told myself that was probably my dad coming back to visit me and I wasn't familiar with the energy. So... I matched it with whatever I could visualize, the exorcist and all these visuals, but it wasn't that. It was a good energy, but I wasn't familiar with it in my material form. So let me just calm down and let the energy happen. If it's bad energy, I'll know it. If it's good energy, I'll know it. So at 16, I just
1: converted. You weren't weren't ready yet. Damn. Yeah, I wasn't ready. That is a cool little thing. It's not so much scary, but it's
3: just these things that are different for sure have happened to me a
0: lot. You're aware of it.
3: My life right now, this album doing well right now is one of those kind of scary zone things. It's not about me, it's something else beyond me. There's help coming from ancestors and energy. I know it because why else would this be happening? Like, I've tried things and diligently tried things and tried things, and they just ran up against the wall. Boom. But then when I've just done things, kind of like, all right, I'll do that. But I'm raising my kids, I'm doing this, I'm doing these things, and that I got to take care of that too. But I'm this, and my focus is Mm -hmm. here. This thing blows up. Into this sublime thing, April 29th, doing time 40 ounces of freedom That was just something I was just doing. I was going to school mostly then. I was in other bands at that time.: yep.
1: Oh yeah, sublime, yeah, I, I, I did the scratches on that.. yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah so played some drums
2: on there, you know, did some little things. But I see what you're saying though, you yeah. weren't doing it thinking, "Oh, this is it. this is what my whole focus is. You're like, "No, I go to school." And you know that's why? Because he am, was and- so
1: driven at what he was doing, nothing else mattered. It was all extra. I, I mean it mattered. Yeah. Like he's like, Oh, I'm gonna make some money here, do mm-hmm. this, you know, this these guys are good, you know, I, my homies. Yep. But like he was like,
3: Pow. Yep, yep. Yeah, and that I mean, knowing that I've been putting all this effort into things and things have just kind of fallen in front of me, sure, it's because of the effort I'm putting in. But the leaps that I've made from going from here to here, and my vision is okay, I just wanna get five bucks down the line. Five hundred thousand comes in. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I didn't even have that in the plan. All I needed was five. But something like that. So grandiose mm-hmm. will come from a different angle. And it's not 500000 It's something worth 500000 yeah. yeah. It's something that I need, but I just have to convert it a little bit to make it what it is. That's my guarantee that still to this day, there's energy out there. There's stuff happening that I have no control of. And you just got to kind of let go. You got to kind of just let things happen. And yeah. uh, there's, it's, there's magic
0: everywhere. Well, I'm. We are That's actually super running out of storage here on this uh, camera. So Damn, before yeah. we do, he we have time. Do camera. you guys have like one uh, bandcamp story combined Quit that you, you guys? No, uh, just bandcamp. Oh uh, yeah, not, uh, I just one story me. from okay. your time as a band or, yeah. t- or traveling or touring or whatever that just stands out. That was just like a you know, cool mm, or, or crazy so many. or wild. With Long
3: Beach The all Stars. There are so many, but I'll let Opie pick one. And just I think the fact that
1: them. we would go on tour. And um, I mean, we, for for me, I think I can speak for like me, Tim, Jack, Rass. You know, we weren't like road people. You know, we weren't like we're basically like, uh, you know, bandits, you know what I mean, like pirates, like (laughs) that got, you know, coerced into doing this. So, we're just like kind of going along with the flow, and was like, no there was no chords. There was, it was like <laughs> I didn't know well. sonically, <laughs> like how to sing on a yeah. microphone. You know what I mean? I didn't know any of that. Like they're just like, go, just do, do what you were doing earlier. You know what I mean? Stick to the plan. And after a while, you like stuff starts to gel. Kind of like you know, you're kind of like me and Jack gelled a lot. So me and Jack would like we were homies before that. So he kinda like schooled me on singing and like, like he was always like, just stick to that and I'll, yeah. I'll back you up, you know, he'll harmonize with you. And then we had Tim too, you know, so that was like, kinda like a, it started to sound more, you know, like a, we we're, you know, doing something mm-hmm. right when we we're singing and stuff like that. But in the beginning it was just madness, bro. It was like, I mean, there's so many stories of like, you think Sublime was, you know, their stories like, Our stories were like... I
3: got a quick one. All right. I'll bring it home. We were in (laughs) uh, North Carolina, and something happened to where a guy, (laughs) uh, two guys in their truck rammed our tour bus door (laughs) and pulled back, and their truck stalled out because they couldn't start it up to get away, and someone got stabbed. Someone almost (laughs) went to jail. Um, We had to buy a new tour bus door. Luckily, it could close. Couldn't lock. And there were, there was stuff strewn all across the bus. There was like, it went down. Magistrates, like, there's a lot that went into this. Yeah, it wasn't like
1: a normal town. It was like a, down in the south, they have these things like, like a magistrate or whatever. So they had to wake up the judge at like four in the morning to get a verdict on. Like they said, Jack stabbed someone. Jack didn't stab nobody. The the guy in the truck, the two guys in the truck stabbed himself or whatever. So
2: small town, middle of nowhere, south of uh, North Carolina. North Carolina. Carolina. Just leave it there. Yeah, and then middle of nowhere.
1: Altercation. Guys purposely rammed the the side of your tour bus, breaking the
2: door out. Fight ensues.
3: Yeah, because Because of a reason, and then people because of a reason and, and. Knives came out and they wow. were in the truck. Yeah. Somebody got stabbed. It was and wild. They ended up. Um, they tried
1: to ram Bud. Yeah. Bud was like on the front of the truck, and he floored it. And Bud jumped out of the way, and he hit the bus, like n- hit uh. the bus and like ruined the door. The door wouldn't. The whole rest of the tour, the door wouldn't really like shut. <laughs> I would love to tell the details of this. I but
2: know you guys, but we'll, we'll we'll paste in whatever we want, but the. Wow. the they, the general the, details our are Our bus either. driver
1: had to go and basically tell them what happened. Yeah. This altercation was so all because these guys judge. were trying to push drugs on us and we weren't, you know, we weren't down mm-hmm. and the, the the situation happened where is someone snatched someone snatched a a Bag okay,
3: of now we're getting to it. Yeah. Drugs <laughs> out go. of the dude's pocket. Remember, I said something was strewn all over, the all over the bus.
1: Flew all over the bus, and that—that's w- okay. when the fight ensued. Yes, I mean this bag was. I was
3: like, what, what? What is that?
1: <laughs> what is in that? It was bag? a bag of Valiums. It
2: was huge. Uh, I love how it, it's all like there's barely any details, and then all of a sudden, just, just pour it out. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It like, they were. Valiums. Well, I mean, it was like and they were-
1: that was the situation, and then I couldn't believe it. It was a humongous bag, and, and then out, like, they dollars. flew everywhere on the bus. And then when the the Mounties or the hats, you know, like this yeah, came yeah. on, they're walking all over the. Just values. stepping on them. There's, they thought they were confetti, or I don't know.
0: There's so many of them that they couldn't that be. They could
1: be drugs. There's a too many of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, okay.
2: No, there's somebody had a thing. There was. Uh, we had a talk
3: agree. after that incident. We had a talk about who we're going to interact with and bring on our bus after that incident. Yeah, that was a time of everyone's going to sit and be quiet for a little
1: while. Incident. That was something. We are lucky
2: that we're continuing on on this tour right now. Incident.
1: I think maybe the guy thought he was going to sell us a bunch of drugs, and we were so we were so wasted that it just became a joke and. I mean, we were probably gonna buy all of his drugs, you know. What yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were not going to buy it. We were not we were gonna not buy it, but <laughs> to be funny, drugs,
3: because I mean, we're all you yeah. grab
0: the thing out of their yeah. hand to yeah. be yeah. funny. It and was playful. It was all playful explode. until he rammed the van and got yes. stabbed. Every all. drug dealer knows yeah. if someone grabs the drugs out of your pocket, it's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> Somebody goes, "Look at this bag of weed <laughs> I got." You go, "Bam!" and yeah. you steal
2: and go, "My bad." it
1: Dawn of time. drugs from drug dealers. It's not how we conduct business on a day-to-day basis absolutely not bring it home
3: with
2: we better close this oh, out here That uh work we're from Amazon, my so many band camps i'll barely yeah. tell you one here's one of the best ones
0: <laughs> thank all you guys right. so much for coming long beach tub
2: uh, all stars new album get it now
0: self-titled mm-hmm. uh, go check it out um yeah also as always go to cutlassbrand.com put in code duddy b you're gonna get 20 percent off your order uh, other than that that's it, dude. Thank you, guys. Wait, thank you, you want to
2: say anything on the way out? What's your Instagram? What the hell? good stuff. Go
1: check out uh, lbdamusic.com, and uh, you can get the album bundle on Suburban Noise Music, or suburbannoise.com also.
0: Right on. We'll put those links, too, with this. Then,
1: uh No, congratulations
3: to, to you two on, on this nice platform, this nice podcast. Um, you guys are doing a good thing. Thanks, oh, thank you. I appreciate It's that. great to have... Uh, uh, a channel to talk about music and share these stories especially the southern california scene that you guys are so integral in as well and um, just that's it i just want to thank you guys for having us on
0: thanks man thanks for the great show see you guys next time thanks.